0: Witty, thought-provoking, and uplifting Southern Soul Livestream is a program that you'll invite your friends over to watch every week, where you'll learn about interesting guests and get to share in their fascinating experiences. Tune in each Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern to connect with guests from across the generations and to laugh with our eclectic hosts who are as charming as they are talented. OMG, what do you think, Miss Jennifer? I've seen you in the audience. I've seen you chatting. I seen you doing some finger snaps and some Mm claps. What was going on? What was your observation of Lynn?
1: No, I, I couldn't agree with her more as a person who has been in corporate America for more than 20 years. I can absolutely relate to the things that she talked about in terms of burnout. I can relate to the fear of change or the fear of moving on and all of those things. And I think what she said at the end about people being afraid to reach out for help is the most important thing right and we have to get better about asking for help we have to get better about sharing information with one another to ensure that we're all on the right path by sharing and uplifting someone else you don't limit yourself you just make yourself better so I think that we have to think about some of that stuff and I thought her the four D's I love, dream, dabble, decide, do. So I wrote those down. So I definitely like that mantra.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I love a good mantra. Tell us this. We want to get started with you and your origin story. Where are you from? And I love how we connected. We were doing a store, a show on cannabis, and then we didn't have room on the panel. I was like, Jennifer, we are just going to do a whole show with you because you got such <laughs> an amazing story. If you don't mind just giving us an introduction of who you are, your origin story, and let us know the foundation of your journey with MS, being an MS survivor, survivor, and evolving that into becoming a cannabis CEO, we're going to call it.
1: Yeah. So my origin story, I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts, Dorchester. Shout out to my Boston people. And yes, there are Black people in Boston. Mm -hmm. So. And just so everybody knows, there are Black people in Boston and we do not talk with a Boston accent because that's not a Boston accent. So now that I got that. So I, I grew up in Boston, lived in Boston for probably 25 years, have worked for more than 20 years in the STEM industry, in pharmaceuticals and biotech. I'm the co host of a podcast that I started with one of my closest friends, Giselle Rivera Flores. And our podcast is d- called Don't Touch My Podcast. And we really talk about topics that affect us as Black and brown women. She's Hispanic from Puerto Rico and identifies as a Black person. I'm also an author. I published my first book, The Exit, Living with Urban Joy, this past June. I'm a TEDx speaker. I did a TED Talk back in May about being an angry Black woman and essentially talking about exactly what <laughs> was talked about in the previous segment, about how we get burnt out and how we feel like we're supposed to keep going back and fighting every day, when frankly, a lot of times it's not our fight. And frankly, it's not healthy for us to be in that fight every day. And like you mentioned, the co-founder, co-owner of Empress and Bandit Greenery, which I founded with my son, Louis, who is the first person who introduced me to cannabis for medicinal use. I have been a cannabis consumer for, I don't know, long time. But it was really my son. Um, After my diagnosis with MS in 2010, I gave birth to my youngest daughter in 2009, October 2009. And after I delivered her, my left foot went numb. It just felt like pins and and needles. And I went to my primary care doctor and she sent me to one neurologist and she came in with a doctor's bag. And frankly, I've never seen a doctor with a doctor's bag. But that was the first time. She came out, did all kinds of tests and said, Oh, you have a pinched nerve, and sent me home. I went back to my primary and she's Jennifer, that's not right. And then I went for an MRI. I went to see an MS specialist, and within two weeks, I was diagnosed. So I was I diagnosed in August of 2010, not even a full year after giving birth to, to my daughter. And my son at that time was still young, watching his mom struggling and wanted to see how he could help. And he started researching. And started bringing the science to me, the information to me around cannabis and how it could affect help me with the various MS symptoms that I was having. He actually started growing for me personally and grew for me for many years. And then Massachusetts legalized cannabis, and we looked at it. and He said, "Mom, I think this would be a good industry for us to get into." I started doing a little bit of research, and then I came home and I'm like, "Let's do this, baby!" And that's how we got started. And really, for us. It's more about treating treating people for what they need. And my son is really one of the cultivators that thinks about what is this strain going to be used for? How can I help people? How can I help patients? And a lot of times we are medical marijuana patients and we don't even know. Because a large percentage of us that use it recreationally actually use it to treat things that we don't realize that we're using it to treat. So that's really my story, how I got to... Empress and Bandit Greenery. It's actually named after my husband and I. People call me Empress. People call him Bandit. So it's Empress and Bandit Greenery.
0: I love it. Thank you for sharing that. And doing some research, I discovered that MS is considered a, it's in the autoimmune family. It's an autoimmune disorder. Yeah. And I begin to see, oh, and initially with MS, I'm like, I know a few people. I dated a girl once and I remember being recruited to give her shots. And it was just, I'm like, I can't do that. And it was this whole thing. And eventually got to the point where her girlfriend decided that she would give her shots, but I don't know. I just had so much going on. right? Mm So for me personally, I began to see that if you're close to someone MS, they do training and they bring you in and they try to help you be the support network that's needed. But back then there wasn't any talk about medical marijuana for these things. Do you mind just sharing with us how autoimmune conditions that can come with unique challenges, right? And how were you able to navigate before and after medical marijuana? Do you mind sharing with us any thoughts Yeah, on that?
1: absolutely. So before I, I started utilizing medical marijuana, I was probably on six or seven medications. Medications to deal with spasms, medications to deal with nerve pain, medications to deal with migraines medications to make me sleep after I was hopped up on all the other medications and I couldn't sleep, medication to deal with the anxiety, frankly, and the depression that comes with having chronic illness and not really knowing tomorrow I could wake up and my my legs don't wanna work tomorrow, or I could wake up and my, my head hurts so bad that I can't get up and go to work. So that uncertainty of having a, a chronic illness generates anxiety. It creates depression when you're not able to go out and do the things that you normally would do. And so I was on medications for all of that. I The only thing that I take now is marijuana. I don't take any of those medications. I use wow. marijuana to go to sleep. I use marijuana to deal with my anxiety. I've also realized that depression and anxiety are very much tied to whether or not I'm getting good sleep, if I'm getting good rest. Um, I make sure that I'm exercising every day and keeping my body moving and strong. I look at food leaps to make sure that what I'm eating, I'm not putting anything in my body that's creating inflammation. But if you look at cannabis, if you look at marijuana, there are specific cannabinoids, which is what is the high, right? So THC is a cannabinoid. They have THA, they have CBN, CBD is a cannabinoid, right? So they have different cannabinoids that have different effects on you. And then on top of it, marijuana has terpene, which is what the flavor, the fragrance, and those also impact what happens to you, right? So we know that, for example, lavender is relaxing, we know that lemon or citrus is something that brings you up, right? So if, you're, if you go and you're looking for terp, looking for marijuana to, to work on certain conditions, then you look for the combination of cannabinoids and terpenes that are going to influence whatever your experience. For me, I, I also am diagnosed with ADHD. So my mind races. So for me, I am always looking for things that are the leaning but we, what we have to realize is that in 2023, none of these are straight strands, right? Like none of these are straight sativa, none of these are straight indica. So you really have to figure out where is this hybrid, because frankly, they're all hybrids at this point, is leaning. Is it leaning indica? Is it leaning sativa? So if I know that I, I have a headache, I'm in pain, I'm looking for something that's going to have cannabinoids and terpenes that affect pain. And I'm also looking for something that's gonna lower me down, which is gonna be on the Indica side. I I also, like I mentioned, suffer with like social anxiety too. So a lot of times I'll go towards a sativa, like a, a lemon haze or something like that. Or even one of my favorites is Jack Hera. That's like a 1970s strain, but it's like one of the best. And that's what I use when I'm like, okay, I need to go out, I need to have some energy. So it's really about making sure that what you're using, whatever products you're using, is fitting the need of what you're trying to achieve.
0: Wow. I'm thinking back to college because when I was in college, I was hanging out with some rowdy guys and they were barking and all this other kind of stuff. And I didn't know. They just give you what they had. And- I
1: think that's what we were all doing. <laughs> <laughs> we were smoking whatever it was.
0: And you were just smoking whatever they gave you. And, and it's so interesting because after a few moments, I'm like, I, I don't like the whole anxiousness or the paranoid type thing. But then I begin to realize. That's the,
1: that's the sativa. I always tell people when they say, when I smoked, I got paranoid. I say, you smoked the wrong thing.
0: Yes. And you I love Smoked loved something it. else. And I I love what you guys are doing up north because you guys are really getting into it. I know even chatting with our colleague that introduced us, she was like, oh, you got to do this. You got to do this. And based on what you're doing, Mm -hmm. you stay away from this and do this. And you got to. I said, man, everybody's. I don't know. I'm just amazed. Right. Because if I think about where we come from, we had old fashioned caffeine. Right. That took Mm -hmm. you up. Right. But then it was just it. You're like caffeine. Right. But. To begin to see the possibilities, right, yep. of different things that begin to really help people with things. And oh, yeah, by the way, it's hard to grow some coffee in your backyard, but I guess you can grow something else. Can you grow it in your backyard? And- so we grow in the summer. Okay. So we, the summer grow,
1: we grow outdoor between, let's say, April and September.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Tell me this. I'm glad you mentioned mental health as a part of your challenges and struggle with autoimmune. How did you begin to navigate that? I think you identified Caribbean background, right? Caribbean, yeah. Yeah. So how were you able to navigate that and overcome any stigmas that things associated with?
1: So it's interesting that you mentioned that to me because I was actually just having a conversation with my oldest son's father on this topic. And he's Haitian. And he was talking to me about one of his young relatives. And she had come and said she was struggling with mental health. And he's, you know me, we don't deal with Caribbean people don't deal with that. And I'm like, first of all, that's a lie. I'm like, remember when you were home and there was somebody out there and we were just like, oh, look at the madman, look at the vagrant, look at the, da, 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 da. yeah, he probably had mental illness. And that's how we dealt with it. We didn't. And we didn't talk about it. And the thing that was a turning point for me was that my father passed away in 2015. I spent my entire 39 years of my father being on this earth as being daddy's little girl. When my father passed away, I was lost. And I was really struggling. And it was at that point that it was either I dealt with my mental health challenges or things were not going to end well. So at that point, I lost the need to comply with other people's viewpoints. I It no longer matters to me. And I'm very vocal about my mental health challenges because for exactly that reason, right? Because it is stigmatized. In Black culture, in Caribbean culture, it's stigmatized. It's saw seen as if you're struggling with mental health, you're weak. And that's not true. Men- mental health is just... A different way that we deal in our minds with challenges. That's all it is. And it's just that simple. And I feel like by me being vulnerable and open and honest about my experience, I open the door for other people to be open and honest and vulnerable about their experience. And to me, that's how we fight stigma.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I often use the phrase, we at Soul as we often cover topics of mental health. And I'm often asked, why do you guys talk about mental health so much? And I just stare. And one of the things I begin to learn as we dig into a lot of topics on mental health, to make it maybe to find the link where we have a series of mental health shows we've done. But one of the things I begin to realize, I said, what's one thing or a challenge to deal with one's own mental health? I got to figure out what's going on with me. Then if you're lucky, you have to figure out what's happening with your family's mental health. Mm -hmm. What's going on with my people? Why y'all tripping and why we keep having these problems? And if you're really lucky to self-actualize, you may get an opportunity to see your community's mental health. Mm -hmm. And I love what you're saying because it starts at home, right? Let me figure out what's going on with me. And I love that quote. Lady J is going to definitely write that down. She writes down all the quotes that she loves. She says, I lost the desire to comply with people's beliefs. Something like that, Lady J. Yep. I don't know what you said. But I love that, right? And it's just coming of age. It's coming of whatever. You're like, you know what? I'm sorry. I had not been to too much and seen too much to comply with your beliefs. But I love it. And I think that's a great way where you begin to start your own journey. You often talk about self-care also. Any uh-huh. self-care uh-huh. techniques you or rituals or things that you would like to share with us? You know, I heard uh-huh. about things such so as mental health. Mondays. I was
1: saying. And, uh, and as a Black woman... Woman, I tend to speak to black women a lot. Okay, Black women, say no. Like, we can say no.
0: Wow. And I feel
1: as black women, we're always like, no, we got to be strong. We got to show up. We got to say no. That's my number one self-care tip is learn that you can say no. And it's okay to take space for yourself. It's okay to turn your phone off. Somebody yep. said to me one time, I said, the person said to me, Jennifer, turn your phone off, relax, go, go sit in your room, turn your phone off, whatever it is, listen to music, do what you do. And I was like, I can't turn my phone off. Somebody's good. What if somebody needs me? What if my kids need me? And you know what the person said to me? They'll call 911. Wow. So that, you got to take the space for yourself. And sometimes, like that person told me, sometimes it's just sitting in your room with music on, with the lights. Sometimes it's going to a spa. Sometimes it's going to get your hair done, right? That's something that I regularly do for myself, is my hair and my nails. And that's just because that's important to me. And it makes me feel good when my hair looks nice and my nails are
0: well, thank you for sharing that.
1: And smoke weed.
0: Yeah, and, and, and smoke a little <laughs> weed every now and then. Thinking about smoking weed. Jennifer, you up top. I mean, you in Massachusetts. What type of services do you provide? Tamika's going to drop it in the chat. I know you have a book. Do you do some consulting? Tell us more about the services that you guys offer and where we can follow you. And you're just dropping all kinds of knowledge. I saw somebody <laughs> in the chat. They were like, I ain't never smoked. Listen to Jennifer. I may need to.
1: too. that's the other thing. Maybe smoke is not your thing.
0: Cause oh, you do something weed. else besides smoke?
1: Of course. Oh. Of course. I, the majority of the time, eat my weed. Oh. I love edible. And it doesn't have to be brownies or cookies, right? If we're trying to be health conscious, it doesn't have to be brownies or cookies. There's juice. There's gummies. There's crackers. The other day I had cheeses, And I ate the whole bag not realizing it was 100 milligrams, but... I got a good night's sleep. So you could get anything. I have an inhaler that's cannabis. An inhaler. Microdose. Yeah, it's in, an inhaler.
0: Wow. I'm moving to Boston of uh, Massachusetts. I don't know what y'all doing up there. Y'all just living <laughs> you best life. Tell us where we can follow you, Jennifer. Follow
1: me. My my website is Jennifer the Author. So that's very easy. JenniferTheAuthor.com. I am on all social media platforms as Jennifer, the author, also on LinkedIn, Jennifer J. Gaskin. But yeah.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. What we're going to do is pause for a second and see what questions do we have from the audience. And Lynn is still hanging out tonight. She's just listening in. So if you guys have any questions for Lynn or questions for Jennifer, feel free to type them in the chat. Or if you a little shy on that, you can raise your hand. Tamika will get you unmuted. What question do you have for Jennifer? In the meantime, Jennifer, tell us about what's next for you. You got any key oh, activities, man. any conferences? What's going on? And, oh, man. And, oh, and what's man, happening Jennifer- in North- And
1: I'm the president of the Worcester Caribbean American Carnival. And we just celebrated our 10th anniversary, not this past Sunday, but the prior Sunday. So that was really amazing to, to share our culture and our beauty and our music and our food with our entire Entire community, which was great.
0: Oh, I love it. I see Sherry in the audience. She loves a good Caribbean celebration. So, Sherry, you have to go up to Boston. What is your next event for your festival? So,
1: we're planning some uh, educational events. So, we'll probably have some things happening in the October, November timeframe. We are planning to bring a historian over to talk about the Caribbean Carnival and the history and how it really started as a protest of it by enslaved Africans in the island. And really, it's a protest. It's a, it's, it's a revolution, what is carnival. And I know a lot of people just see it as a party in the street, but it's really more than that. And if we learn that history, because that's the history they don't want us to learn, right? If we learn that history, that's really powerful.
0: Awesome, Sherry is celebrating. She already got. Oh, her. I see a question. Yeah, we got. What a happens questions. when you
1: smoke too much? You go to sleep.
0: <laughs>
1: no, I'm and I'm being facetious. No, sometimes when you do, if you consume too much, it can make you nauseous. It can make you feel sick. The best thing to do for that is to sniff coffee grind, grind coffee beans, or to take CBD, which CBD counteracts the THC high. CBD doesn't, CBD is a cannabinoid and CBD is marijuana. It's cannabis. It's the same plant, but CBD is minus the psych, the psychedelic effects that THCs provide. So that's, if you smoke too much, it's really drink coffee, sniff coffee grinds, take some CBD. And it does happen. How does that impact my autoimmune? Not at all. Honestly, when I talk to people who do not consume cannabis, I tell them start low and go slow, especially if you're using edibles because edibles, you can't edibles last longer. So that high is going to stay with you longer. So especially with edibles, you want to start really low. You want to take your time, right? Like edibles take 30 to 45 minutes to really hit and get, get their full maximum high. Wait that 30 to 45 minutes, wait an hour before you start dosing again, just to make sure that you're at your maximum high and you're not going to get to a place where you feel sick. But frankly, that mainly happens with edibles or tinctures or things that you consume as opposed to smoking, because smoking is to me is like a quick. Hop.
0: I'm only smiling because I'm smiling. I see the Tamika for some reason laughed. I don't know what she's laughing at.
1: And I saw somebody up here. I did see somebody say no, but this is what I will tell you guys. I know this is what we got to realize. Cannabis was made illegal through racist propaganda. And the reason that cannabis was made illegal was because textiles, automotive, and other industries knew that they would lose money because you can use cannabis to make clothes. You, they've even made canna, cannabis cars. They've made propane out of cannabis. So the the reason that they outlawed cannabis is because it would have impacted all those industries. And the rich people in America did not want that to happen. And they utilized Mexican immigration as the propaganda tool. So they use racism, as they often do in America, to outlaw cannabis. So when Congress voted, they didn't even know that they were voting against cannabis because they made the title of it marijuana, which is the is the Spanish word for cannabis. So it was all based on racist propaganda. And the second piece that I will tell everybody is that your body has an endocannabinoid system. Your body is made to consume cannabis. It's supposed to consume cannabis. They don't even teach doctors that in medical school, but they're supposed to you're supposed to consume cannabis. And if you really want to learn from like a medical doctor, there's a doc. Her name is Dr. Rachel Knox and it's her whole family. And she's a black doctor and it's a black family and they run a whole cannabis institute. They teach patients, they certify patients. So definitely go check them out. Her name is Rachel Knox, K-N-O. But cannabis was growing wild. Cows used to eat it. Chickens used to eat it. We used to consume it as part of our diet. It's part of our body system to consume cannabis. So don't believe the hype.
0: I love it. I love it. it it's so believable because I think about the cow people and they get mad at what they call it, the milk that comes from plant.
1: Like uh, don't yeah, put, I yeah. Don't, like, what, like
0: What does it mean to outlaw almond milk and oat milk and everything else? Because you don't want to the cow or the beef industry to struggle. Sounds consistent. That's with... exactly
1: what they did.
0: Yes, yes. So there's a question from Penny. You have gave a reference, but I want to read the question in its entirety. Is there a good book or website to help us understand what type of dosage or the kind of use we should use? And I'm asking for a friend, Penny. Um, wh- where can we go to figure out what prevents so us from getting really paranoid? So there's
1: a really good book. Um, And I know that they sell it on Amazon and I I wish I was in my room where I have my all my books up. But it's called I believe it's called Cannabis Pharmacy. I'll email you. I'll email you the book after. But I believe it's called Cannabis Pharmacy. And inside the book, it talks about specific medical conditions and what you should look for in terms of cannabinoids and terpenes and dosing and all of that. Um, Is in there. Another good book is it's called the Women's Guide to Cannabis, and that's all. It was written by a woman who had cancer, and through the through having cancer, educated herself on marijuana use. So that's another good one. There's another one. I think it's called Cannabis High Tea. I believe it's called, and that's another easy book to go through. Talks about dosing and things like that. And ladies. You know how you have your wine, your cup of wine at night? I have a cup of hot tea with infused honey.
0: Ooh. (laughs) Um, Wow. There's all kinds of things happening tonight. Thank you, (laughs) Jennifer, for breaking it down for us, helping us understand the history, the usage, the benefits of beginning to understand what medical marijuana can do to support you Especially if you have a chronic condition such as autoimmune, multiple sclerosis, anemia, and things like that. Mm-hmm. This yeah. has been an awesome conversation. Do you mind sharing us the name of your book so Tamika can share that in the chat and we'll have it. And also, once again, let us know where we can follow you.
1: Absolutely. The name of my book is called The Exit, Living with Urban Joy. And people can find me at com or on social media as Jennifer the Author.